0: witchy and weird podcast hi 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 back again for another episode of Witchy and Weird podcast on the glorious Friday the 13th, so what better topic to talk about than the date that I'm actually recording this podcast episode on, right? That's how this works. (laughs) But yeah, I wanted to talk about Friday the 13th and the lessons that we can learn from Friday the 13th in regards to using your discernment and your intuition, which is like a huge thing that I'm all about especially when you're trying to navigate through today's super culturally appropriative and nebulous new age spirituality, or even discovering your roots and your ancestry and trying to be a modern witch that doesn't like, I don't know, like disrespect other cultures or erase other cultures. I think discernment and using your intuition for discernment is really important to talk about. I think a lot of people don't do that. So we're going to talk about first a little like light history about Friday the 13th and then we'll go into it. Okay, so Friday the 13th in Western culture, which I'm in California in United States of America, uh a murka <laughs> I love how I like automatically say it that way um is considered unlucky uh there's a lot of like superstitions around it and like people like actually go crazy there's like more accidents that happen on Friday the 13th um than any other day and it's not because it's unlucky it's because people are so freaked out about Friday the 13th that they're not paying attention. Um And so, yeah, so I want to talk about, like, the history of Friday the 13th being unlucky and then talk about, like, the real history of Friday the 13th. So most, there's, like, a few cultures that see 13 as unlucky, um, but not really, like, to the extent that we're like, oh, no, don't go outside, stay inside, lock your doors, you're going to die, like, an anvil is going to fall on your head, unlucky. Um, specifically, the main, when I was doing my research, the main uh, religion that cites 13 being a bad number is Christianity because um, there was 12 apostles and Jesus, which makes 13 people, and the Judas was the person who betrayed him, and Friday is like a really bad day for Adam and Eve, and and all of that stuff. Like, I don't I don't want to go too deeply into, like, the facts of it. Um, there's a lot of other things that, like, they end in 12. Like, 12 zodiac signs in Norse mythology. It's, like, there was, like, 12 gods and Loki was going to be the 13th one, but he wasn't invited. So there's a lot of stuff where it's, like, it ends at 12 and then 13 is the next number. So people, like, assume or they feel like 13 is, like... 12 is lucky so 13 one more is unlucky um there's also um in the codes of hammurabi there wasn't a 13th law and so a lot of people cite that as like being um ancient fact that even like ancient cultures um saw 13 as unlucky and a lot of people say it's probably just an oversight that they skipped 13 they went from 12 to 14 Um, which is what a lot of businesses do now, like a lot of hotel, like buildings, they'll only have a 12th and a 14th floor, like they'll literally skip the 13th floor. Um, and then more in more recent, like, I feel like this is a more recent thing, like early 1900s, um, there was, I feel like that's when it started to become more popular, this like actual like superstition being tied to it I feel like before it was like oh 13's not so good you know or like 13 is considered um bad but it wasn't like oh it's an unlucky day if it's Friday the 13th right like how did it become tied to Friday and 13 and it's not just every 13th of the month that we freak out if 13 is such an unlucky number right so um, I don't want to talk too much either about that. It's like, you know, you have the the movie Friday the 13th from the 1980s and I'm trying to find in my notes where it is. If you can hold on with me for like two seconds, there was a man, he wrote something called Friday the 13th in the early 1900s um, that was like talked about like superstitions and things like that. And that's kind of like where the origin modern origin of Friday the 13th and honestly I don't know what to tell you guys like I I want to talk about it's gonna bug me if I can't find this man's name where is this oh my goodness oh my goodness um okay whatever I can't find it um so basically there's some cultures and, there, and a lot of them, a lot of the instances are related to Christianity about 30, 13 being unlucky. So personally, I was raised Jewish and 13 is actually a lucky number in Judaism. So I know a lot more about that. 13 is the age where people get bar and bat and there's like these 13th um, codes of faith. And it's actually, like, seen as, like, good luck. It's it's seen as, like, actually kind of, like, a sanctified number, a sacred number for us. In, like, Chinese culture, 13 is a lucky number. Um, so there's, like, a lot more other cultures. Like, even in um, paganism, the, like, covens are supposed to meet with 13 witches. So I I kind of wanted to bring light to this. To really talk about, like, to kind of show the fact that, like, a lot of people believe that 13 is bad and unlucky. And then a lot of people believe that it is, depending upon what you believe in. And this is a huge thing that I wanted to use Friday the 13th as an example to kind of like talk about discernment and using your intuition because I think it's like the perfect example to show this because like I grew up, my mom would always say that Friday the 13th is lucky for Jewish people. So I was like stoked to have Friday the 13th while everyone else was like scared about it. And I also was super into like witchcraft and like supernatural stuff. And 13 is like considered like similar to like a devil number so I always liked numbers that were, like, not <laughs> um, normal lucky numbers. Like, as a, literally, my my favorite number as a kid was 13666. Because I was like, I like both of these, quote, unquote, evil numbers. So how can I make them into one number? Like, I'll just make a really big number. Um, and, and this is kind of to show, like, I grew up in a household where they didn't, like, demonize this. So I was never, like, scared. And I just kind of, like, accepted that as fact that like it might be uh, unlucky for a lot of other people but for me it's not and this is really important when using like discernment intuition and intention because if you grew up and people told you friday the 13th is scary it's unlucky then you kind of just accept that as fact and you just kind of give power to that belief that it's unlucky Or you have my side of the coin where like I was raised saying that it was lucky, so I always felt like it was lucky. And I think that this is where discernment is really important, especially in New Age spirituality, because a lot of New Age spirituality and even paganism, to be honest, takes all these different cultures, all these different concepts, all these different beliefs, different practices, and melds them together. And there's nothing wrong with learning about other cultures and respecting them and doing their practices if it's an open practice for you to try. But a lot of the time we get fed this information from people and then we just accept it as fact and we don't question it and we don't use our discernment and we don't like use our intuition to tap in like, how do I feel about this? Like, is this something that I resonate with? We kind of just go, oh, okay, I heard blah, blah, blah say, this is the best way to manifest, so I'm going to do that. Or I heard somebody say that this is like cultural appropriation, so I'm not going to do that. And we don't do our own research. We don't use our own discernment and our intuition. And that's like a really, really powerful thing that we're giving away. Like this is a form of giving away your power is by listening to somebody else and accepting it as fact. And like, if, if you've ever done a research paper, maybe like most likely in is where they usually do this in high school, it wasn't too much. But they tell you you have to cite multiple sources, right? Like, or if you go to the doctor, they tell you to get a second opinion. And I feel like we don't, that's like a really powerful thing that we don't utilize very often in our culture at least as far as I know is using your discernment that's what discernment is like discernment is like when you when you hear something you learn something you feel something whatever it is you look at it kind of with a microscope and you decide do I want to accept this or do I not want to accept this like our brains all the time are doing that we're processing information in our reality and deciding is this a real object in front of me is this a real feeling that I'm feeling like if you feel something crawling on you, you check, you use your discernment to see is it actually a bug or am I just having a gust of wind move my arm hair, right? Like, so why do we use discernment in all these other aspects of our lives, but we don't when it comes to spirituality, which I would argue is one of the most important things in our lives because it dictates so much of everything. And if you're healing and you're trying to grow and, and, and tap into your powers, if you give away your power by accepting something as fact and not researching it and asking yourself how you feel about it, then, like, you're creating a precedent where you're not trusting yourself and you're not giving your intuition the chance to feel into it. So, like... I have so many examples for this. I'm trying to decide which one I want to do first. The most common example that I've seen is with smudging and with using white sage as smudging. Like people just read articles online that that's the only way that you can protect and cleanse your home is by using white sage. And I make um, smoke cleansing wands in my shop out of herbs and you're supposed to burn them and they're for different uses um and so many people I feel like are like oh do you like you don't have any white sage ones you don't have any smudging ones and they they don't want to buy because they think that's the only herb that you can use to protect and cleanse your home and it's not there's pretty much every like 80 70 to 80 percent of the herbs that I've researched and worked with have some kind of protective and cleansing element in them and some are even more powerful than white sage um but I think that people they just read an article online they hear somebody say it on their Instagram live they learned it from this probably stems back from the 1970s when the hippie movement was popular, and spirituality became more popular. And a lot of people just learned things, and they didn't realize uh, the the freaking <laughs> the reality of cultural appropriation and cultural erasure. And they probably learned it from a Native American person, an indigenous person, and then they went home and they told everybody, and and it just became like a thing. And on, honestly, culturally. Um, indigenous people are known for being like more spiritual. So like a lot of people who don't feel like they have a framework to start on, they just turn to what their their reality is for the example of what spirituality is or or who who is the most spiritual person or culture that I know. Oh, I'm going to turn and look at this one, you know, culture that's near me. And so it really, I see it like to the point where like, I don't call it smudging because smudging is a sacred practice for Native Americans, but people call it smudging. Like They're like, oh, you have smudge sticks. You you have a smudge. And it's like, no, I have a smoke cleansing wand because there's so many other cultures and rituals out there that you can use to cleanse your space. But I think people just hear one thing, and because we've never heard it before, we don't know. We're seeking for easy answers, the easy way out that we just accept that as truth and fact, and then we keep doing it. And there's a lot of damage that can be caused in that for you, for your ancestors, for other cultures. Um, Like we already talked about erasing cultures. Um, Your ancestors might not vibe with that practice or the ancestors um, associated with that practice might not vibe with you and your ancestors or you doing the practice Um, there might be, like, deities, uh, that don't vibe with you. There's so much, like, and, like, if you think that you're using it, you're just doing something, um, but you're not, like, tied to it spiritually or ancestrally, it might not actually be giving you the effects that you want. It can be causing harm because if you're pissing off somebody's ancestors, that's, they're not gonna want that thing to work out for you. So there's a lot that can happen when we're not using our discernment. And that's why I really, I talk about it. Anything that I teach, I literally tell everybody like, as a disclaimer, only do what resonates with you because that gives them permission to stand in their power and ask themselves, do I actually vibe with this? Does this like resonate with me? Do I like the energy of this? Does Do I relate to this? Do I connect with it? Whatever the question is. And, and choose to do it or not. Because I'm not here, a, a lot of new age spirituality I've found, they, they kind of take this like scammy position of like, I'm the one who knows everything. I'm the one who can fix you. I'm the one who holds all the knowledge and you have to learn from me and do it exactly as I do. And that's the opposite of like, In my opinion, spirituality spirituality is about empowerment and intuition, and everybody is unique. So, why wouldn't their practice and what they do be unique, right? And everybody believes like if people believe in different gods, why can't they have different practices for different things? And people work differently. Like, not everybody goes to sleep and wakes up and has the same routine. So, why would they have the same spiritual routine? So, that's like kind of like where I'm coming from on this, and. I'm not trying to say if you've ever done this, that there's something wrong with you or I'm blaming you. I did this in the beginning too. I learned about, you know, smudging was one of the first things that I learned about. Um, and cause I never knew what culture it was tied to and where it came from. And there's other cultures that do it as well. And that's also something that people forget that like people just learn like, Oh, you know, it's a close practice for native Americans or indigenous cultures to America. And then they like yell at other people online. Oh, you shouldn't be doing that. And it's like, there's still other cultures that do these kinds of practices. So that's why using discernment and intuition is really important. Like so that we can avoid this so that we're not internalizing our past mistakes and our past like laziness or overlooking or ignorance or naivete. And we're not, then projecting that onto other people too. And we're just trying to be as educated as possible, as respectful as possible, and taking that into our practice and moving that forward with everything that we do. So with all that being said, I want to talk about discernment and intuition and giving away your power. Um, That's why I wanted to use Friday the 13th because it's like, You can choose if it's unlucky or not lucky for you. You have that power. You can set the intention, right? Like, if somebody tells me the only way that you can meditate is by sitting with your legs crossed on the floor still, I'm going to be like, no, that doesn't work for me. That doesn't resonate with me. You know, like, I'm going to tap in and see wait, do I, is this a yes or a no for me? Do I resonate with this? Is this feeling good? No, I do it way different than other people, and I'm not gonna. So why would I expect somebody to do it the same way as me, right? So, how do use your discernment? Like, how do we, how do we tap in? How do we find this? What, how, what are different ways? What are practices that we can incorporate to um, not give away our power and just allow other people to just tell us how things are? Um, the first one I kind of already mentioned is a very human one, which is do your research. Whenever I'm looking up something that I want to learn about a new herb or a practice, I don't look up just one article, just one video. I look up multiple. I, like, just like a college essay paper, I find my sources and I make sure that my sources are reputable and I understand the bias of certain sources. Like, I wouldn't want to learn how to do the sacred practice of smudging from a white person. Like I just, that's not, that's not tied to the culture, like the people. And, and that was something that I thought was really cool that I learned from TikTok, which is a a great place to learn because you're learning from people of the culture. It's like of the people for the people. Um, But still using your discernment. um, I learned that it's like, People who are out here thinking, like, this is going to cleanse and protect my space by burning white sage, they're disconnected from the sacred ritual of smudging. Smudging is a sacred ritual, and there's a specific way that you're supposed to do it and a, sp- a way that you set the space and call in they their, they're like, god or one of their gods is, like, the great spirit. And they call that in. And that's kind of like what smudging is, is to prepare your space for ritual. And a lot of people, they don't realize that. And so they're just using this method that they have no cultural tie to, no ancestral tie, no spiritual tie. And they're just thinking like, it's going to cleanse and protect my space. And really, the thing that will cleanse and protect your space is just the intention, your power and your intention behind that. But the herb is not actually doing that. And you might be, like I said, causing some negative backlash um, with ancestors, with how you're sourcing it, all this stuff. It's a whole thing. I I don't want to go too much into this and use that as the only example, Um, but it's like the most relevant and potent example right now, in my opinion. Um, So citing your sources, looking up your sources. Like if I learn, if somebody says something on Instagram and I read, I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'll go and I'll Google it and I'll look it up. And I'll see like the hashtag, see if other people share information on that, look up where they got their source from, like what is their authority that they're speaking on, Um, looking at TikTok videos, you know, like if you look on Pinterest, you find the the source and you read the article, like there's tons of different ways to um, validate information with the internet, which is really great and with books and movies and there's tons of like different things, like not movies, documentaries or things like that. Um, The problem that a lot of people run into with this method in spirituality is there's not so much information on the internet about a lot of magical or spiritual practices. And maybe you look up something and you're looking to find an answer from a person who belongs to that culture. And there's five articles written about white written, by white people about, like, uh, like a Latin ritual or something, you know? It's, like, that is totally reasonable, totally a real thing that happens. So I would say, like, when you're doing discernment, maybe think of it as, like, a checklist that you first do, like, physical research. And, and, and also physical research can be reaching out to people in that community that you know. Um... And I will say for that, this is not about, this is like a second step that a lot of people will do when using discernment. It's like, this is not about having other people do the work for you and spoon feed you all your information so you can not do the research. Um, And also, this is not about using every person who's a part of a specific culture as free labor and free work, right? Like, we have to do our due diligence and do the research ourselves and put in the effort ourselves and if we can't find anything or if we want to seek out someone of that culture to find a more specific answer then we can reach out to people but only people who have like openly said I am here for the community to be a teacher to be like someone that you can come to and ask these questions right like um A lot of people are just like, oh, that's like a Pacific Islander person. Like, I'm going to ask them how to do hula. You know, it's like, no, you would find an account or a person that is a hula instructor or has said, like, if you want more information, feel free to reach out to me and then do it. So uh, consent is really important in this. So it's like, make sure you're doing your research and you've seen that they have said, yes, please ask me more about this. I love educating people on this. And if that's their career or their job, then, like, pay them money. Don't expect them to do it for free, right? Like, that's labor. Teaching is labor. Maintaining ancient practices is, is, is labor. It's work. So don't, like, I know people try and get things for free and they think, like, knowledge should be free, which is what the internet is for. But also, that takes time and energy and effort and work and th- that should be acknowledged in whatever way. So if they want an energetic exchange in the form of money to teach you these things, to spend time with you, like if they offer a course on it or something, like do that. Um, The other option too, since there isn't always as much information on the internet about this, is why intuition is so important and not giving away your power when using, when being in situations where you can use your intuition so everything spiritual is unique to the person and your intuition is unique for you and it's going to be like your best option in my opinion for all of these things because your intuition is never going to steer you wrong and how should I put this So that's what I mean when I'm, when I say tapping in. So listening to your intuition, strengthening and building your intuition. So let's say I learned something, I learn, what example can I use? I learned that, we'll use the one I used before. I learned that the only way to meditate is to sit on the floor with your legs crisscross and to sit still and clear your mind. Like that's the only way that I've heard, like people are like, telling me that's the only way you can meditate. So if I am using my discernment, I tap in with my intuition. And this can be like, even if you're like, I'm not really good at listening to my intuition, like, I'll give you a few different ways to do this. The first way is to use your body to listen to your body, your body is kind of like, I see it synonymously with your intuition. It's like your living tool for hearing and feeling and seeing and smelling and all the different clairs that there are for your intuition, right? So I literally will put my hands on my heart, on my chest, take a few deep breaths to get back into my body, to, to be present in my body, to feel my body. And I'll ask it questions and I'll hear things, I'll feel things, whatever your your different clairs are because everybody has intuition. And I'll listen to that. So if somebody tells me that's the only way that you can meditate and I immediately feel in my body, hmm. mm. You know, like that's a no for me dog, then that's your discernment. That's your intuition telling you. Like, or if they tell you some, if you hear something, you learn something, whatever, you get like weird vibes, you get creeped out, you get full body chills. Like, those are all intuitive messages for you telling you, like, that's a no for me. Or sometimes full body chills for people means a yes. So it's like learning your specific intuition, but it's like listening to those cues that you're getting that your body is sending to you, that's more than just a response for no reason. Um, Asking your body and hearing the answer, like I'll ask, is this something I want to do? Is this something that feels good to me? I'll hear yes or no. I'll feel it. Whatever way you interact with your body. Um, A lot of people use pendulums or other divination tools to get answers for things that they're not sure about. So you can do that as well. Like if you use a crystal pendulum, you can do the same thing. I, it's called the human pendulum. It's where you use your body as a pendulum to receive yes or no answers. And that way you don't have to buy anything. And you literally just stand straight with your hands at your sides and you say, show me my yes. And your body will lean either forward, backward to the side. You say, show me my no. You lean, it'll lean a different way. And then show me my inconclusive, which is like no answer. And that will be the same for every single time. And so you can ask yourself, like, is this something, like, is this something that I should be practicing? Is this something that feels good? Is this, am I getting, are these weird vibes accurate? Like, whatever it is. So you can do the basic, like, yes, no questions with the human pendulum or with a crystal pendulum, whatever you prefer to use. And... I want to say, like, a lot of this can be used for anything, for any reason. These are great practices, which is why I'm talking about it. Um, and as we can see, there's a lot of parallels to just regular research. And I think that I just want to say as a disclaimer, like, yeah, it's it's not going to always be so easy. Um, and, and it's going to require work. But that's part of, like, just being a good person, right? Like, not just ripping off cultures erasing cultures disrespecting cultures like that's our duty as spiritual beings um and then so like i talked about like using the pendulum as a form of divination like if you use tarot or psychic readings or you're a psychic like you can tap in that way and hear it um if that's not as easy for you you can do automatic writing which is where you sit down and you ask the question. And this is really cool because you can ask it to your body. You can ask it to your spirit guides. You can ask it to your ancestors even. And that is kind of like where this is. This practice is a little bit different than everyday things. Um, I really like using the ancestral one to ask like ancestrally. Like I'll literally tell, ask my like, ancestral, I like to think of them as a council and ask them like, do we vibe with this? Is this something that I resonate with? Because yes, we can learn tons of new things and think that they're really cool and and vibe with them in the here and now. But in my opinion, things are always going to be way more potent if we are using practices that are like part of our bloodline that are like traditionally what our ancestors practiced. Like I am not super religious, but I believe, like Judaism, is more cultural. At least for me, that's how I was raised, and I feel more connected to it naturally. So, like, if I am going to use a symbol of protection, I use the Star of David or the Hamza, which are really part of Jewish and the Hamza is like um, more Middle Eastern, like not just Judaism, but it's part of like my my ancestral bloodline and my and my culture. So I already feel that deeper spiritual connection to that than using, um, like the evil eye. Well, that's also part of Judaism and Middle Eastern, um, cultures, but many other cultures too, like Latin cultures and things, but there's like plenty of other symbols of protection that people use. Like I wouldn't use like runes because I'm not Norse. Like I'm, I, I don't have any ancestral tie to that. So I don't resonate as well with it but people who have that bloodline it's just like that special extra like like the the secret ingredient in making the (laughs) powerpuff girls right like and a lot of people will argue that the definition of spirituality is your connection with your ancestors like you can't be a lot of people say you can't be spiritual without being connected to your ancestry and so some people might not believe that and that's okay i'm just using this example here to say it's going to make it more potent. It's going to have that tie because culturally, even if, like I said, like I'm not, I don't like practice Shabbat and, and, uh, and all that stuff, but I'm still Jewish and I still have that cultural tie. I still feel that pull that my ancestors have done this. And this is something that my family has done for generations and used and has believed in and put a lot of time and love and energy into. So naturally it's going to feel more right to me. It's going to feel more connected to me. And so like, it's kind of like when in doubt fall back on cultural practices that are part of your bloodline. Um, And not everybody, like I said, not everybody does that. Some people convert to religions, you know, some people are exploring and learning and that's why discernment is important because we don't want to disrespect and piss off other people's cultures other people's identities, other people's ancestors. Like I've heard stories of like, um, this is actually a really good segue into the next part. Um, I've heard stories of like people who say like this white person started practicing voodoo because they said that a voodoo deity approached them and said like, it's okay for you to do this. And ever since they've started practicing that, all these terrible things have been happening to them. They've been getting hurt. They've been having a lot of bad luck. They've been, all these negative things. And so it's kind of like, that's like the extreme example to say that sometimes when we're using our discernment, we we definitely just like writing a paper, just like doing journalism and the news, we have to acknowledge the bias. Like that's what I was saying, like look at who wrote the article, look at the opinion of the person sharing the information. Um, my best example for this is to wow, this is like twofold. I thought this is a good, this is, there's like sending me some stuff to say. So I'm like, oh, I see you. <laughs> um, so the best example in regular life that I can give is in the queer community. Um, as a member of the queer community, you can ask one queer person, hey, is it cool if I use this term? And they might be like, yeah, totally. And then you use the term because you asked your queer friend, And they're not hurt by it. They're not offended by it. And then you use the term on social media. And another queer person is like, hey, don't use that term. That's really offensive to me. That hurts my feelings. And you might be like, well, what? Like I asked somebody and they said it was fine. So I thought that I was doing my due diligence. And I made sure that it wasn't rude or hurtful or harmful. But now all these people are saying that they're upset by this term, me using this term. So this is... Um, this is kind of like what I was saying, where it's like acknowledging the bias of like where the information that you're getting comes from and the person's opinion for sharing it. So, some people on the internet I've seen, some uh, Native people say like it's okay for you to smudge. Let me show you how to properly do it. And there's some people that are like, don't smudge if you're not Native American. So it's really about like acknowledging. Everybody's viewpoints and their biases and where you're getting the information um, for two points. One point is um, this is a really common thing, especially with the internet, where we do research just to find the answer that we're looking for. So it's like acknowledging your personal bias. Am I just trying to find an one article that says, yeah, go ahead, do it? Amongst the sea of 10 articles that say don't do it. You know, so it's like acknowledging, that's why I say like looking at multiple sources so that you can get a more well-rounded view um, and acknowledging like, are you seeking out people that just verify what you want to do so that you're giving yourself permission? So that's, that's one part of it that there might be some people. And so when you, when you when you come into this dilemma, like, well, one person said to do it. One person said not to do it. So what do I do? This is where your discernment comes in tapping into your intuition and your gut will know like your intuition and your gut. They'll tell you because for me, I saw the thing about smudging. Like some people are cool with it. If you do it properly, some people aren't. So I'm, I'm sitting here as a white person, like, Hmm, what would be the best option for me? Not do it. Just don't do it because When we're making a decision, we're going to pick the one that's like, hopefully, causing the least harm to people, that is the most respectful to other people's identities and beings and, and cultures. So like, what harm does it cause me to not smudge? No harm. Does nothing for me. Like, I'm not affected negatively by doing this. There's so, like I said, there's so many other alternatives out there that I can do that aren't part of somebody's sacred practice um, that won't offend other people. So I, I just choose the the path of least resistance, if you will, um, as opposed to I'll do it, even though it might feel kind of weird, or I'm a little bit scared that I might get in trouble by, you know, by somebody on the internet or blah, blah. blah. Like, that's your intuition telling you like, this doesn't feel so right. It feels kind of sus. So listen to that and use your discernment when it comes out. And so I did my research and it says, some say this, some say that. I don't know what to do. If you don't know, like, then don't do it. Um, if you're not feeling completely a hundred percent, yes. When you tap into your intuition, if your ancestors are like, aren't are like, go for it. If, you're, if your guides aren't like, go for it. And your intuition isn't like, go for it. Then don't do it. It's okay. Like there's the beauty of spirituality and practices. Like there's like innumerable amounts of options for other things that you could do. And when you tap into your intuition, you can just ask like, what should I do instead? And you'll find your unique way of doing it. That vibes better with you probably than the, the original thing that you were looking up. So that's that's part of like the the two points that I wanted to make about like discernment and, and using your intuition. And then when you can get to your conclusion and you have all the information in front of you. Like, does this feel like a yes? Am I unsure some people might say yes some people might say no like really go with I would say what you know which is why I say like do your ancestral cultural practices and like for me because I didn't grow up like my mom wasn't super religious so I didn't learn a lot of this till I was older but that's because I was like this is my blood this is my ancestors have been doing this so I want to learn more about this so I can be more connected to this this thing that is already here for me and like I said if it's in your blood, it, you're already going to have a stronger connection to it. So like when in doubt, go back to your roots, like start learning about your culture and where you come from and, and all that goodness um, and working within the those practices instead of like, oh, this other culture that I don't really know anything about. I'm going to pick this one practice and do it and then like never credit them. Oh, that's the other thing. The erasure part of it. If you do use another practice from a different culture that is not your own, like, credit that. And even if it is your own, credit that, because then you're spreading awareness, right? Like, that's a huge part of why a lot of different cultures get upset, because it's like, oh, you're going to be out here preaching about what using white sage and calling it smudging, but you're not even going to acknowledge, like, where this practice comes from, like, Cool. So you're just attempting to take credit for this and erase the freaking validity and the origin of where it comes from. That's going to piss off a lot of people in the spirit realm, too, you know? So it's like, I'm not trying to say this as like fear. I don't believe in fear and spreading fear because I said, like, we don't want to take away your power. We want you to stand firm in your power. And that's why I say, like, only take what resonates with you, what resonates, yeah, with you, even for everything I'm saying. But This is stuff that I've seen time and time again and that I've, you know, learned and I want to share so that you're not, like, pissing off people in the real world and in the spirit world. Um, And it's not to say that you can't, like, seek forgiveness. You know, we are always making mistakes as humans and we have the option to right our wrongs. And I feel like the spirit world sometimes can be a little bit more forgiving if we're asking for forgiveness for doing something that we didn't understand or didn't know in the first place. So there's that. Um, but yeah, just acknowledging and like trying to cause the least harm is really important. And I think it's really cool to connect with your cultural stuff instead of like doing somebody else's culture. Um, it just feels cool to me. I don't know. Maybe it's just me personally. Um, But yeah, I think I covered everything that I wanted to cover on this topic. Um, So in conclusion, because that was a lot. We started with Friday the 13th as an example for not just accepting everything that people tell you as fact. Like, if it doesn't feel unlucky for you, then it's not unlucky for you. Like, you don't have to accept that. (laughs) And to be honest, I feel like it's a lot of Christianity is just white men trying to control people, mostly women or female bodied people. So it's like a lot of people I've been seeing posting about it say that Friday the 13th is a day of feminine energy and divine feminine power. And um, they make sense that they would want to make it evil and erase it much like how they made Eve evil. Right. Um, so we talked about that. And we talked about ways that you can use your discernment, the importance of using discernment and intuition when learning anything new and doing anything in the spirit world. And honestly, anything, anywhere, for any reason, for any time. (laughs) Um, Also, shout out for the people who watch The Office and get my plethora of Office references. Um, Yeah, that's, that's like it. Like, you saw, I was saying, like, you use that for a freaking college paper. So you can, and for of like a diagnosis at the doctor. So you would use it for anything you can. And it's a really good practice to use because it helps you take back your power and practice tapping in with your intuition and listening to it, giving it the space to like grow. I I always say that intuition is a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. So it's like, these are creating more opportunities for you to use use your intuition and tap in and, and even connect with your ancestors if maybe you've never done that and you didn't realize that that was an option. So I'd love to know from y'all what other discernment things you've done, what other intuitive tricks you have, if this is resonating with you at all, Um, if you want to share a story about something you learned and you were like, wow, that's not cool. And I don't know, anything like regarding this topic. Um, Also, even your opinions on Friday the 13th. Um, because if you believe that it's bad luck, then that's your belief, right? Like, I'm not saying don't believe it. I'm just saying use your discernment. (laughs) Ah, And we've come full circle. So I think this is a great place to end. Ooh, the timestamp was 1515. I really like that too. Okay, so until next time, I am enumerated. No, what was I going to say? immensely grateful for all of you who have been listening. And I'm excited to continue putting out these amazing episodes and content and connecting with you all and building this community. And if you haven't taken a chance to check out our Patreon, you should. There's some cool stuff in there. Okay, bye. Happy Friday the 13th. If you love Witchy and Weird podcasts, support us by donating monthly for as little as 99 cents at anchor.fm slash witchyandweird slash support. You can cancel at any time and 100% of the proceeds go directly to the pod. Or, if you don't want to commit to a monthly donation, buy Amanda a coffee at ko-fi.com slash Weird to help fuel them while they record, edit, create, and upload content for the podcast. And if you're feeling extra generous, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and tell your witchy and weird friends about us too. Bye!